Welcome to the podcast, People of the Book. I'm your host, Meryl Ain. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. We chat with authors and storytellers in thought-provoking and intimate interviews, all with a Jewish twist. On today's program, I'm delighted to welcome Julie Zuckerman. Julie's debut novel in stories, The Book of Jeremiah, was published in May 2019 and has been selected by dozens of synagogues, sisterhoods, Hadassah, and book clubs for discussion. Her fiction and nonfiction have appeared in numerous literary magazines, including Craft, Jewish Women's Archive, Tikkun, The Main Review, Crab Orchard Review, and Sixfold. Julie is the founder of the Literary Modine Monthly Author Series, connecting readers and writers of Jewish books. Julie is a graduate of Barnard College and holds an MA from Columbia School of International and Public Affairs. A native of Connecticut, she made Aliyah in 1995 and lives in Israel with her husband and four children in Modine. So Julie, um, you're joining us from Israel. And I have to say that's one of the silver linings of the pandemic. We're no longer bound by time and place in our interactions. I'd like to start by asking you about literary Modine. I was honored um, to present as a guest author last spring, and I was so impressed how you're able to bring together authors from, from throughout the world each month. Would you tell us a little bit about what inspired you uh, to begin this program initially, and then how you made the leap to virtual? Right. Sure. So first of all, thank you, Meryl. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's also—it's definitely a silver lining of the pandemic, what's happened with Literary Modine. I started it in June 2019, right after my book came out, because I had been a guest at, uh, at an event in Ranana, uh, which is a little north of Tel Aviv, uh, right before my book came out with two other authors. And we each spoke for 15 minutes about our books. And I, I left that evening feeling like, oh, uh, these are my two new best friends. <laughs> why can't I, um, why can't I bring this to Modi'in? Modi'in is a city in between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv with a very large English speaking population. And while I will travel far and wide to go hear an author speak, you know, I'll drive to Jerusalem or I'll drive to Tel Aviv or I'll drive to Netanya or wherever, if there's somebody I want to hear speak. Not, not necessarily all of the readers in Modine will do that. So I thought, let me bring other people writing in Israel, in English in Israel, uh, or publishing in, in, to, in English, to, uh, to the readers in Modine. And we held three uh, in-person events, the same format. Each author speaks for 15 minutes, uh, including a small reading, and talks about whatever they want related to the writing process and their, their inspiration and or the publishing process, whatever they want to talk about related to writing. Um, and at the in-person events, of course, we had the opportunity to uh, buy people's books afterwards and a reception. It was very nice. We were getting between 20 and 30 people at the events and that was great. I was happy with that. And I hope the authors that I brought to Modine were also happy with that. 
And then we had an event scheduled for March of 2020. I wasn't doing it every month by then. I was just doing mm-hmm. it every couple of months. Mm-hmm. And of course the pandemic hit. So we postponed it and postponed it. And then by May, I was like, let's do this on Zoom. And uh, the, the original authors from the March one still wanted to wait and see if we could get one in person. So mm-hmm. for the May one, I approached three authors in the States uh, who I know, Erica Dreyfus was one of them, uh, who you obviously know, nice. um, and uh, Sandel Morse was the was another one, and Ellen Mirapol. I think those the, those were our oh, three. Oh, Ellen, Ellen Mirapol, sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we, you know, because we could get authors from everywhere, we it also meant we could get audience from everywhere. So it kind of grew into this, into this thing. Now it's a thing. And uh, every, and at a certain point, um, I decided to make it monthly because it kind of became my pandemic therapy or, or something to look forward to, I should say. I needed something to look forward to every month. I wasn't, you know, I couldn't leave Israel. I couldn't go see my family in the States. And, but what I love doing is, is reading and, and meeting authors and it just gave me something to look forward to. And so we have this, you know, nice mailing list. We, I started approaching even big, big name authors. I mean, Nicole Krauss came to, mm-hmm. to a literary Modine event and spoke, um, a lot of other uh, authors who have won awards or been recognized or had, you know, their books reviewed in the New York Times, but I, so I wanted to find a, a balance between well-known authors, but also newer authors, um, and, and, you know, who have just published their first books. Um, so, so by, I think, September of 2020, I turned it into a monthly event, and now on, on this coming Sunday, February 20th, will be our 21st event. So it's, yeah, it's a no, lot of fun for me. It's a it's a great mix, um, and uh, it's just so amazing. You know, I remember way way back when, you know, in March 2020, when uh, we're talking about having to do Zoom seders, and we didn't even know what Zoom was, and now we're just constantly uh, zooming all the time. So let me ask you though: Do you do you prefer it in person? Do you plan on going back? Uh, to in person, or do you think uh, virtual is is really the way to stay? Well, for this event, for this series, I think I'm going to keep it virtual. I mean, we had periods in Israel where we could have gone back to in person, but I really love the the idea of bringing authors together from all over who don't know each other and putting them in, you know, on the same panel. Uh, last month, we had someone from Tel Aviv and someone. Uh, from Vanderbilt so that's Tennessee right and someone in Ohio and someone in New York um next month I've already this is the first time I've planned this far ahead but I have the next four events planned Mm. and the one in March is going to have someone from Australia um someone from Spain well he's American but he's in Spain for the year um and someone from Jerusalem so I love this um kind of melding of Jewish authors uh, from all over the world, or I shouldn't say not only Jewish authors, because there have been a few non-Jewish authors, but if they've written on Jewish subjects or there's some kind of Jewish content in their book, I might have them as well. Um, but it's it's this fun kind of mix of different geographies, different genres. We have um, a mostly fiction, 
uh, both novels and short story collections, but also some memoirs and some poetry. Um, the March event is going to have um, a like a fantasy Jewish fantasy science fiction kind of I think more fantasy is the genre um, book. So I, I just it's just fun <laughs> for me. No, I think, <laughs> I hope I for think the, the attendees. It's a great concept. It's a great mix. I felt very um, energized um, by participating, and um, I thank you for for bringing this program uh, to the whole to the whole world. So, um, what's it like, uh, Julie, living uh, in Israel as uh, an English speaking writer? Um, you mentioned there are a lot of English speakers in Modi. Do, do you write in Hebrew as well, or just in English? My, my creative writing is only in English. I, I, I've been in Israel for 26 years, 26 plus years, I think. And I can write, you know, WhatsApp messages and short emails, you know, when I have to deal with like my kids, uh, teachers and, and mm -hmm. um, synagogue business or things like that. I certainly can write short messages in Hebrew, but I wouldn't ever attempt to do any creative writing in Hebrew. Um, there's a lot of, there's actually, I found a nice community of English writers here. I've been in a few different in-person writing groups, you know, where we share our stories and, and workshop each other's stories. Bar Ilan University has a whole uh, MFA program in English. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who go through that program and a lot of the faculty on, on that program have appeared in um, uh, at Literary Modine events. Um, we've had Evan Fallenberg and Marcella Sulak um and other other people from uh, from that program so there's there's enough people uh around for like a small community of writers um we obviously don't have the benefit of being able to just go to whatever writing conferences we want um but the, oh there's also the international writers festival in jerusalem mm -hmm. every year um and obviously we haven't had it the last two years but when it's or we haven't had it in person the last two years, but when it's been in person, I, I go every year. And there they bring over people from, from abroad. Right. So I'd, I'd like to um, ask you about your book, The Book of Jeremiah, uh, which is a novel in stories. And uh, it's a touching and absorbing read. I love the way you took us uh, inside the head and heart of the main character, Jeremiah Gersler through eight decades of his life. And you, it was really uh, brilliant the way you wove in the history of the, of the different time periods. Um, what was the inspiration for Jeremiah? Well, it started from a writing prompt, actually. I was in a, I was taking a fiction class with Evan Fallenberg, who I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't really believe in prompts, but I convinced him. I said, no, I, I do really well when I get a prompt. So please give me a prompt. So he gave me a prompt or give the class a prompt and said it was optional. He said, write about someone who is definitely not you, but who does something that you're interested in. And it can be a hobby or a career. And you don't even necessarily have to know that much about this interest, but you have to be curious about it. So that's how Jeremiah was born. Uh, I wrote about the first story I wrote about Jeremiah. He was um, 82. He's 82 years old and he takes up baking, which, uh, you know, is something I like to do. As well. I, that so, was that was really 
my favorite. I mean, uh. that was just so um, beautifully crafted, and you really, you you really portrayed. Um, the feeling so beautifully. I, I love that story. I'm sorry. Go Thank ahead. You. Thank you. No, no, no. So, so I, when I finished writing that story, it's, it's called Mixed Master, and it actually it ends up being the last story in the book. But mm. when I, but it was the first one I wrote. And when I finished writing it, I was so taken by the character of Jeremiah that I said, you know what? I I want to find out how he became the person he is today at age 82. I want to unravel his life and and write a whole book about him in different stories and i had also recently read uh, olive kitridge by elizabeth strout which is a similar uh, has a similar structure in that each story is a standalone story but with every story you you kind of understand a little bit more about olive's character and so with those two things in mind i set out to write a whole book about jeremiah and um my original idea was to just go in chronological backwards order, but um, as you know, it's in the end, I didn't structure it either chronologically or reverse chronologically. It's It kind of jumps around from time period to time period. Um, and, you know, I, I just kept going back and forth in time and picking years or incidents in his life that I, I knew I wanted to write about. Um, so that's how that's how it that's how it all started. So um, I'm just curious, um, what what do you like about uh, writing short stories? Did you ever, um, you call this a novel in stories, but um, obviously they are um, distinct stories. So um, why did this uh, way of telling this story uh, appeal to you? Was it because you started out with the, the mix master or, or is there something um, beyond that that, that um, attracts you about short story writing? I think maybe it just feels less daunting to me to, to, to write, to say, okay, I'm gonna write a new story versus writing a novel. Mm -hmm. um, and I do have a novel draft um, that I've written, but I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with, but <clears throat> the story, story structure feels, I don't know, more manageable <laughs> to okay. me. Um, and, um it the the calling it a novel and stories was a the result of um I met an I met an agent after I knew my book was going to be published by Press 53 I met an agent or an editor I don't I was at a one story conference in Brooklyn and I said oh I'm having the I'm going to have my novel and or I have this collection of linked stories or a novel and stories it's coming out next year and they said Oh, just call it a novel, you know, for marketing purposes. And and to be honest, we probably could have just called it a novel. Mm -hmm. But I went back to my publisher with this idea, and I said, "How? What do you think if we call it a novel?" And the thing is, that Press Fifty Three only has a very um, kind of strict mandate or vision that they only publish poetry collections and short story collections. Uh, so I said, "Well, okay. you can do that if you want, but then you're gonna have to find a new publisher." So I said, oh, no, no, just kidding. I, you know, let's, let's call it a novel and stories. And so we agreed on that. But to be, if it had been published by, you know, a, a big New York publisher, yeah, probably could have called it a novel. So um, how long did it take you to write the book? Um, what was your process? Um, can you tell us for, about that? Um, 
from the first draft of the first story to the last major revision of the last story, it was probably four and a half years. Mm -hmm. There were a couple stories that um, changed completely in that, you know, the, you know, some of the central characters in the story were not in that in the final version were not even in the first version. There's an, there's a story that I really like threw out completely, but I did write another story to kind of replace it. And the only thing that, that remained the same was the year and the location. Um, I, I do a lot of research for the stories. I like to kind of um, hook them onto things happening in the world at the time. So yeah, that was, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. There's um, one story that takes place um, on the day that the body of the three civil rights workers in, mm -hmm. in um, Mississippi were found. Um, and it was also the same day that there was like a flare up in the Gulf of Tonkin, which led to um, a greater, you know, uh, involvement in, in Vietnam. There's another story that just takes place on Rosh Hashanah, 1932. And that was also the game three and four of the World Series that year. And my characters in that story, which is Jeremiah and his older brother, Lenny, were big baseball fans. And so they sneak out of, of their house and go listen to the, the game on the radio at a uh, you know, uh, at a store downtown. And, but I have the characters saying things in that story that um, kind of calling out the plays of the, the game in the World Series. And I was able to find who, you know, you can find anything now on the internet, right? So I, know, I had the box, it's amazing. box scores of the, of the game, of game it's four. Amazing. I know exactly what happened. So <laughs> I mean, so would you consider this, um, historical fiction um i'm not sure i mean some of the stories yeah the, the early that's the earliest story in the collection takes place in 1932 mm -hmm. um that's a good question i don't know but then you have the more contemporary stories that are obviously aren't historical fiction, right, fiction. Right. So, but i i mean i, I love as a Marshall. historical fiction writer i i just yeah, love yeah. the history and love the research and and that was one of many reasons why I I thought your book was really awesome. So let me let me just ask you one more question about um, the book of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, like all human beings, is a is a very flawed character, and you paint a sensitive picture of his life with all its troubles and pitfalls and triumphs and tragedies. And I I really do um, want to say that you did a magnificent job of portraying him, but I'm wondering um, how you were able to get into the head of a man so well, and whether you ever considered um, making your main character a woman. I know you said that it was spurred by the Mixmaster story. So is that why you you kept him as a man? But um, I, I just was curious about how you got into his head and and whether you were comfortable you know having your protagonist as a man yeah I think I was I, I think it's harder for me to write women in a sense because I need or certainly harder for me to write a woman who is say close to my own age and of my own background I want to have some distance from the character mm -hmm. um so yeah in this case I 
I, I kept the protagonist a man because that's how I started with Jeremiah. And I was, um, I don't know, I was just observing things from some of the men I know. And some, uh, you know, obviously I, uh, it's, it's all fiction, um, but sometimes I borrowed a phrase or, a, you know, the voice from someone um, or some actions from, from people I know. And um, that's part of the fun for me to, to make it up. There was one part of the book that I, there's one, one scene in the, in the whole book that I was a little nervous about. And there, there's one sex scene in the book and which I was writing from Jeremiah's point of view. And I was nervous about that. Um, it's not, you know, it's not a very, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I'd say it's a G rated. Right, 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 right. Like, yeah. Right. But, um, and it's, you know, between him and his wife. So there's nothing uh, untoward about it. But uh, so I was nervous about that. And I was taking a class online, I think through Catapult. And the instructor was a, a male. And um, I, that was one of the stories I workshopped. And so, and then I had like a one-on-one -on -one conference <laughs> instructor. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, you know, like, how was that? And how was the sex scene? And he said, no, it was great. Like you nailed it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, so that, that um, I, I was relieved to hear that. So yeah, that was so, the only part I was a little nervous about. Okay. So um, you said you're working on something now. Is that um, ready to be spoken about or is that a secret? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I have, I was about two thirds of the way through a third draft of a novel and I put it aside like already a year ago, exactly a year ago in February last year. And I'm not sure what I wanna do with it. But in the meantime, I've been writing more short stories. And in fact, I've written three new Jeremiah short stories. Oh. And um, oh. I'm in the middle of the fourth and I have an idea for fifth and sixth. So, so would you do, so would you a, do sequel? a sequel? You do a sequel maybe. on Jeremiah? Yeah. All right. Oh, maybe, maybe it's a companion volume because mm -hmm. in time, mm -hmm. like, you know, the last story, as we said, he's 82. Right. Um, so it's not a, a sequel. The, and one of those stories was just published by JewishFiction.net. And that story takes place in 2000 when he's about 72. And then I have other ones where I'm jumping back in time. And um, I, you know, the one I just finished, I mean, finished is a relative word, a first draft finish. And I know I need to go back and do a lot of revision on it. Mm -hmm. But um, that, well, one thing we should say about the book is that there's 13 stories in it and only eight of them are told from Jeremiah's point of view. There's uh, one told from his wife's point of view, one from his mother, his daughter, his son, and his brother. And so the only one who didn't get his own story in the first volume was his father. And so, and sister, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, sister's kind of a minor. <laughs> um, and so the story I just finished is told from Jeremiah's father's point of view, but Jeremiah is very much um, central in, the, in that story. And that takes place on July 4th, 1976, which I'm sure you remember, Meryl. Oh, was, the bicentennial. The, the bicentennial, <laughs> but it was also the Entebbe rescue. Right, right. So right. there's a lot of uh, stuff about the bicentennial and Entebbe in, in that story. Mm -hmm. 
the one I'm working on right now takes place on July 20th, 1969, which was the day of the moon landing. Right. So I, you know, as you know, I, I love doing the research. My mother was an American history teacher. So, um, and she's passed on that love of American history oh, to me. Wow, so I, I was an American me. history teacher too. Wow, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that we just um, enjoy doing that research so much, right? Yeah, it's, you know, I could spend a whole, morning well not a whole morning because I have a day job but my whole writing time um let's say an hour or two in the morning where I uh, end up researching something really esoteric like just you know last week or so I was in for my man on the moon story and I was looking <laughs> up, like what 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 were like the high-end cameras that somebody would have on that you know in, in that year and what were the low-end cameras right the night the nikon right nikon yeah nikon yeah. exactly mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> um, and the, no but somebody in this in this story has a leica which is tremendous. oh okay yeah. okay yeah. um so. so you mentioned um a day job and i also uh understand you have four children so um how do you stay organized and how are there <laughs> enough hours in a day for you for you to do everything yeah well i should say that um i don't i'm the person who doesn't need a lot of sleep when i when i was in college i was the editor of the daily newspaper so i stayed up all night every mm. night or, or every weeknight oh, editing wow. the paper mm -hmm. um but I, I i don't think i could do that now but i i try to get up early around somewhere between 5 15 and 6 and then right before I have to deal with the kids my kids are now getting older I mean my oldest is 23 so he he doesn't live at home anymore and my other three are 21 18 and 13 so it's not like I have little kids anymore but I when I started writing I did Mm -hmm. Um, so just and in those years I would just you know grab whatever time I could if I could get the kids off to their gun or to school like on the early side before driving to work or there was like a cafe on the way to work I would go stop and, <laughs> and like grab a, a half an hour in the cafe and right then um I had I knew like all the cafes on the route like <laughs> where, where was the best place to go um and that was that was actually a change for me in the pandemic uh I mean, the, for the five years prior to the pandemic, I was working in Tel Aviv and I was take the train in every day and it would give me a good 35 minutes on the train where I would ignore anybody I knew, you know, to the point of like avoiding even good friends on the train because I wanted to have my writing time. So do you um, write, do you write on a laptop or do you write, uh, you, you handwrite it when you're on a um, train? How do you write? Uh, most of the write? time on a laptop, but on occasion, I write by hand, like my novel draft, the first version was all by hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, there is something about writing by hand that allows you, allows the words to come to flow better and you're not going to go back and delete and, and cross things out too mm -hmm. much, you know, you just write. Um, so I, that's a good um, tip also for when you get stuck. Uh, yeah. Just, just move from the computer to to a notebook and just start writing a new scene by hand. So I go back and forth um, with that a lot, but more probably more on the computer. Mm -hmm. So, um, Julie, would you um, like to tell us uh, where our listeners can find you? 
online? Sure. sure. So um, I have a website, juliezuckerman.com, J-U-L-I-E-Z-U-C-K-E-R-M-A-N.com. Um, I also have a, uh, a newsletter, a monthly newsletter where I put out uh, book reviews and announce literary Modine events. Um, and you can subscribe to that through my website, but the direct um, link to that is juliezuckerman.substack.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, with Julie, you can look up Julie Zuckerman author. I'm on Twitter, JB Zuckerman. I'm on Instagram, although I don't use Instagram too, too often. Um, so lots of places to find me online and my, books, uh, my book is available anywhere that anywhere you can buy books online well thank you and um your um your um newsletter is is really terrific so um we're gonna have all we'll have all your links um okay, on, the, on the post um oh can so, i say one more thing sure sure i want to say i that my favorite thing since publishing the book is meeting with book clubs and I, as you mentioned in my bio, I've met with um, probably three dozen book clubs over the last uh, two and a half years or so. Um, so I, I was already set up for Zoom and these, these kinds of events before the pandemic because I'm based in Israel, but most of my readers are in the States. So if there's anyone out here um, that's in a book club, whether it's a synagogue book club or a private book club, whatever, I, I love uh, meeting with book clubs. So keep that in mind. Yeah, that is it. Another um, big perk of Zoom that that it enables um, us to to meet uh, with people all over the world, and um, this is just really um, it's been such a pleasure um, to have you today. It's so exciting um, to be just chatting uh, with you in Israel, and I'm in New York, and so thank you so much uh, for joining us, Julie. I also want to thank our executive producer, Pam Stack. People of the Book is a copyrighted presentation of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Please visit us and like our Facebook page, People of the Book. I'm your host, Meryl Ain. For more information about my books and writing, visit me at merylain.com. Until next time, please join us on Facebook at Jews Love to Read and read a good book. <laughs>